Welcome to Larpender Life, the podcast about HP St. Paul in the 80s and 90s. I'm your host, Dave Carey. You know, the people at HP are, are really quite amazing. A lot of us were in the same place, right? We were hired on, straight out of college, starting families, getting married, uh, kind of all in the same life stages. You know, from my perspective, the HP way was really just about an attitude. This is episode number one, and today's guest is Kevin Marshall. As I'm sure you know, Kevin had a very long career at HP, and he was involved in all sorts of things that encouraged HP employees to get together. Just a quick programming note, if you missed episode zero, the introduction, please have a listen to that one and find out what this podcast is all about. You can also find out where you can locate it online and even how you can participate. And now here's my discussion with Kevin. All right, everybody. Well, this is the very first edition of, uh, well, I don't even have a name for it. I'm sort of tentatively calling this podcast Larpender Life. I'd like to welcome my very first guest, Mr. Kevin Marshall. Kevin, it's great to have you here. Well, hey, thanks for considering me and allowing me to be part of this. So are you honored or worried that you're the first guest? (laughs) There is some pressure here, no doubt about it. but obviously, it was such a good part of my life and uh, in our life that uh, it's fun to come and talk about. Well, I'm glad you're joining me. Really appreciate it. So let's, you know, it was a really important part of our lives. Uh, how did you first get connected to HP? Yeah, that, that was interesting. I was raised here in Minnesota and obviously enjoyed uh, math and physics and such in school. And that was about the time back in 1976 or so or 80 that uh, computers were just kind of coming into vogue. And, uh, and uh, so uh, people said, well, hey, you should think about this computer technology. It kind of marries both those situations. So a recruiter came to our school and off I went to a technology school in Chicago, DeVry Institute, and they were very much a feeder system or a feeder school for Hewlett Packard. And that was really my first uh, inkling into Hewlett Packard. They didn't even use one of the Hewlett Packard calculators, which was one of their famed uh, uh, first uh, innovations in the world. I, I was a TI guy in school, but uh, as it came around, uh, indeed, they had said that they were interested in uh, perhaps hiring me. I had some early interviews down there, and then I was able to come back up to Minnesota to have some interviews, and uh, and I met the first time up here with Tom Szymanski. I can really remember that just vaguely, and not because he was a hiring manager, just because he was someone that had gone to, De- to, De- to DeVry with me, and, uh, and I had said, and he was hired by HP about a year before me. And so I had a chance to talk with him. How was it? What's HP like? And he obviously told me the story and, and the rest is history. So you were, um, you were first hired in what year here? 1980. 1980. Okay. So that's about, let's see, that would be Michael Jackson and Madonna era. That's, that's <laughs> quite a long time ago. That's and true. so St. Paul was your first HP location you worked at, right? Yep, yep. First and uh, always in Minnesota. Obviously, HP had a lot of facilities uh, around the country, and I did have options, but I was wanted to come back home, and it worked out perfectly for my situation. 
Do you remember, um, you know, getting hired and and what the interview process was was like? Besides, you said talking to Tom, but uh, were you nervous about it? Did it it go well? How how did that work? Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I had interviewed a few for a few other companies. Uh, Fortunately, I had an opportunity to work for another company while I was in in college. And so I had some experience coming in with technology, which helped me a lot. Uh, Gary Blasberg was my first hiring and evaluating manager. And I remember that uh, situation as well. Um, and it, it all went well. Can I really say, do I remember the exact questions and experience? Not so much. But, um, you know, the people at HP are, are really quite amazing. And I've been, was very fortunate to have great management uh, throughout my whole career at HP. And you've had quite a varied career at HP. Uh, so can you walk me through your roles that you had? How did you start and where did you go from there? And, and you know, sort of give me that whole timeline. Yeah, absolutely. I started out in service, fixing things, and I had a great career in that area, about eight, nine years of doing that. I went up to those ranks to a senior CE and such, and then people started to notice that when I was out on accounts, I was almost doing more selling than I was doing servicing and uh, looking for opportunities and such. So I was approached at that point to see if I wanted to to cross the line and, and move into sales, and I took advantage of that opportunity. And uh, at that time, I got to move over and then work for people like uh, Wayne Quayle and David Agum, and once again, a tremendous group of, of management and peers that I, that I had to work with there. Uh, and then, uh, so I did that for a while, and I moved into the partner business as HP first started to sell computers through partners. And uh, so that was a whole new model that I was involved with. And, and then after I did that for a while, I moved from a geographic location role here in Minnesota to a role that kind of covered a global range and helping people throughout all of HP around the world. And I did that from a perspective of helping pre-sales and services and training and ambassadors and all sorts of interesting things. And HP then gave me the opportunity to travel a bit. So fortunately, I've been able to see places like Copenhagen, Denmark and Bangkok, Thailand, two of the probably most uh, opposite kind of places in the world. And, uh, and so uh, that was a wonderful opportunity that HP provided me to my career. So, and that's the unique thing that HP provided. Although I worked for one company my whole career, I had the opportunity of doing many, many different things. So that was very fulfilling. What a great career, Kevin. Um, and so you started in 1980. And uh, when did you end up retiring? Retired uh, here recently in uh, 37 years, I worked for HP. So uh, 2017 is when I retired. That's a fantastic career. Um, you know, it's, it strikes me that um, a lot of people do move into sales from various roles, but not that many people move from the role of a CE or service into sales that I'm aware of. So uh, was there a little bit of a cultural difference or, or you know, was that something that was very natural for you? Well, again, HP makes it easy by having peers and people to help you, mentor you along the way. Um, It did turn out to be somewhat easy. I was in a unique area that was working on the desktop kind of workstation computers at that time. And so it was more of a a technology sale than a commercial business sale. And uh, so that fit pretty well with my technical background. The opportunity really came about um, to work with partners as well as with end-user customers. At the end of the day, when I started out, I was selling directly to end-users, and I found that I didn't wasn't as comfortable in that world as I was working with partners. You know, sitting across the desk from somebody, trying to convince them that they should purchase what you have to sell, 
it was a little bit more challenging for me. So as I then I moved into more of the partner model where you're working with someone to uh, bring a solution to a customer was just a natural fit for me. So it worked out quite well. Very good. Well, and I think you're right that one of the things that has benefited many of us is the ability to do a lot of different things in a, in a big company. People who have been in the company as long as you were really like to talk about the HP way. So what does that term mean to you, Kevin? Boy, oh boy, that's uh, it's a big question. Uh, there's been books written, obviously, on this topic and uh, college classes given. But, uh, you know, from my perspective, the HP way was really just about an attitude that was inside everyone. I mean, from management, from Bill and Dave, all the way down to, to us at, in the field level. It was just something that everyone had inside of them. And it really was based on, you know, fundamentally integrity and respect. And what I remember is mostly from a standpoint of not just for customers, but for the employees and the people you worked with. Um, you know, they talk about, you know, management by objectives and management by wandering around and managed by walking around and all these terms, you know, I think that's pretty important because management by objectives means that, you know, they laid out your objectives, they told you what your role was in your job, and they gave you the freedom and the flexibility to go off and accomplish that. And that turned out to be a, a pretty good philosophy. And then managed by walking around is they would just be able to be there and be accessible to you and, and such as that. So, you know, I, I, one story that kind of ties a little bit to this, I remember, I think it was John Young who came to the office and, uh, and he, he was making a presentation. And um, this was, as you remember, back in the time in 1980, 85, I mean, we did not have text. We did not have email. We didn't even have cell phones. I mean, it was paper slips you received in a little slot from your coordinator every morning with the messages you had. And, and so he made the comment that, hey, as you're walking around the office and let's say you hear a phone ringing on somebody's desk, take the time to pick that phone up, even if it's not your phone. And we thought, well, that's kind of weird. You know what? You know, but no, that's going to be somebody. It's going to be either a customer that wants to buy something or needs help, or it's going to be another employee that needs help. And uh, go ahead and pick up that phone and help address that issue. And that kind of struck me as uh, kind of unique. You know, I never really thought of things from that easy perspective. So, so that's kind of, I think, uh, just this whole attitude that everybody had. Pretty interesting to think about an office where people are, where phones are ringing. You know, these days we're all working from our homes. And, you know, if you hear anything in the background, it's, it's kind of surprising and a distraction. And in those days, you know, think about that Larpenter office where we had that uh, huge expanse of cubicles and a lot of, at, at it, in its heyday, a lot of, um, a lot of ruckus going on. It's pretty interesting <laughs> to think about. Yeah, that open environment. I mean, that's part of the wandering around thing too. There was a lot of companies that had closed door offices even, and even to this day, but the, the whole cubicle thing kind of came in through the, the HP process and the HP way. Right. And so when you when you think of the Larpenter office in, you know, in your mind and you look out at, at what that looked like, you know, what what comes to mind? How do you view that time period? What what really stands out in about the culture for you? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so when I got there, it was just when HP had kind of built that facility on Larpenter. Pretty close to that time. Um, a lot of people talk about you know, being in the the Quonset huts and the offices and prior and things before that, that was before my time. So, and it was, I think it was like 40,000 square feet there with um, an environment that was uh, started out. And then as I was, was there after about 10 years, they extended that office and made it bigger on through the back and stuff. And, 
you know, the unique thing about the office, and I don't know if this is really culture related, but and you may remember, I mean, we had a full-blown garage out back where we could gas up our cars and get our cars washed and, and uh, fully serviced and maintained, a full-blown cafeteria, uh, all those kind of things that uh, certainly uh, were very, very um, accessible to all of the employees. And um, so it made for a, a, certainly a good work environment. Yeah, and I think um, you were a big part of that, Kevin, of encouraging employees to connect with each other, not just in the work environment, but but socially as well. You were part of the rec committee, I remember, um, heavily involved in that, and you're still connected to a whole lot of people who worked in that era. Um, so how did you get involved in the rec committee, and what do you remember from that? Boy, oh boy, the rec committee. Um, that was a tremendous opportunity. Um, you're right, as, as you know, and that part of the HP way too is that it was kind of a working hard, playing hard kind of attitude that HP people had. I mean, there was nothing um, it, it, to have people work 60, 70 hours a week. But at the same time, uh, when they weren't working, they, they took the time to get together with each other. And, and I think it's unique because a lot of us were in the same place, right? We were hired on, we were straight out of college, starting families, getting married, um, kind of all in the same life stages, uh, which caused for the opportunity for us to get together outside of work as well. And so I think the HR department really within HP started sort of a, uh, a, the opportunity for us to form a group to put together this recreation committee. And kind of the basis of it, sort of the start of it, and you may remember this too, HP traditionally always had one big summer picnic. It was the big event every year that was fully funded by HP, and they would really go all out. They would have, you know, steaks to barbecue and prizes for everyone that came and games for the kids and all this stuff. It was always the big event. So from that, we were told to kind of help with the planning of that, and then we took it from there and expanded. So we had events uh, that you may know. We had softball teams. We had football teams. We had volleyball teams. We had men and women and co-rec. Uh, matter of fact, our softball team finally hung up its cleats just last year, believe it or not, after uh, 35 years in operation. So probably should have hung them up many years before that, but, <laughs> but we hung on. And in addition to that, we had many, many events, too. I mean, we did the things all the way ranging from brewery tours to sporting events we went to, uh, the infamous moonlight bowling excursions that we went on, um, all those sort of things as well. And, and then the other that kind of sticks out to me was, you know, two events each year we would do kind of for the kids, and we would have Christmas kids, and, and we'd actually have a Santa Claus there with them. And then we had Easter kids, and, and the Easter Bunny would come around. And I remember one time we actually even had a helicopter flyby that came by in that back section of HP there that was kind of open and dropped Easter eggs from the sky Really, all the kids and they chased around and uh, that one I don't crazy. remember <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah it was tremendous and there was uh, you know 10 12 of us that were pretty core parts of the rec committee and people came and went and and you're absolutely right uh, the friendships and relationships I made through that and through the whole work experience have um have, is still lasting today Kevin, um, you you started an email distribution list, I think, um, called HP Friends. I know you you were sort of the instigator, I think, of a tradition of getting together before Thanksgiving and so forth. Um, do you think that? I mean, there, that's got a big a big uh, population of names on that. Um, is that indicative of really what that? that sort of time and place meant to a lot of people that people still want to get in touch? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's very accurate, Dave. Um, we have uh, got a list of a distribution list that we, we distribute out to. And so it's also a way not only to get together, but a way to share news to other people within the, the community. And obviously, there's a lot of social media ways to go about this today. Um, but we had started even before some of those popped up. And the opportunity to share, and uh, it turns out it's not just, um, you know, HP live employer, retired or people that have moved on, but it's a lot of people with HP that are still there. And the other thing unique about that, I think, is that, you know, we at HP at that time, we were not just one company, we were kind of five companies within one. And if you remember, we had what we have, uh, test and measurement is kind of where HP started, and, and we had components, and we had a medical organization, an analytical organization, and then obviously the computer organization, which is where you and I were uh, were within. And um, as it turns out, those people, even though they were different businesses, they were also part of this HP way culture and part of this. We interacted with all of them. So many times, a lot of them that were from those organizations like to come back and get together as well. And I think that that's really pretty unique. And so I like to continue it and keep it moving forward as much as possible and uh, try to keep in touch with the people whenever we can. Okay. Well, one of the things, I think that's a great idea. And one of the things that... Um because this is such a, uh, a low-budget, unprofessional podcast, I'm not sure if there's uh, if I'm going to have any way of um, putting something on a website or show notes or something like most podcasts do. But if I can figure that out, I'll uh, make sure to put some information about how uh, anybody who wants to be part of your email distribution list going forward can get in touch with you at least or, or, or uh, get themselves uh, added or, or maintained or updated on that list. Yeah, that, that would be absolutely excellent, Dave. I think um, you know, a lot of people's emails changes and things like that, so it's difficult to keep up. So we're always interested and willing to add and continue to communicate with people. So, Kevin, you saw quite a bit of change over your career. Uh, we spent most of this time talking about quote unquote, the good old days um, back when we were all in an office and there was a lot of opportunity to interact just uh, walking down the hall. And, uh, you know, as you said, hearing a phone ring, you could pick it up or uh, seeing somebody from another part of the company um, that maybe you didn't ever work with, but maybe you connected with uh, socially in one of the in one of the events. Um, you know, and obviously things are a little different now. They've evolved a lot. Uh, you benefited from that in some ways with your international roles. As the company went globally, you were able to experience a you know a, a wide um, range of experiences that maybe if it was stayed in a small geographic world, you wouldn't have been able to experience. But overall, as what's your viewpoint on the pros and cons of as we've gone from very localized to very global and remote, you know, what do you think of that? Uh, what's your perspective? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting question. The, um, you know, at first when uh, we started working remote or expanding out, it was uh, a scary thing and we didn't have that same interaction and that same uh, familiar environment to, uh, to participate in. And, but as you grew through it, uh, you learned to cope with it and then you learn to um, I'll always take advantage of it really to your, your best advantage. And so you could fulfill both your life goals and your work goals kind of simultaneously, which turned out to be a, a positive. I think, you know, the, the times we experienced in the good old times per se were 
pretty unique. I mean, everyone can be happy and successful when your earnings and your profits and even your employees are growing at 20, 30, 40% a year. I mean, amazing numbers HP grew through that time. And, and now, you know, at the same time that we've kind of pulled back into more of a remote work environment and all this, the, the economy has gotten tougher also, and the business doesn't grow quite that much. And and I think uh, one of the values you can see with HP over that growth period was it's it's sometimes it's hard to grow. And with HP's way and its attitude in place, they maintained that over many, many, many years, which I think is really a, a tribute to the HP culture. But now as, as you get things get tighter and more difficult and more contentious, uh, that becomes a little more of a challenge too. Before you depart, um, I think I'd really love to hear and everybody like, like to get an update on, on what you're doing now, what your life is like now, and how things are going for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and uh, before I even go into that, Dave, I really want to thank you for taking the time to put this together. This is this is just tremendous opportunity to share. I look forward to all the other podcasts that you uh, pull off in the, the coming months. Um, but yeah, so I've retired now, and uh, I am playing a little more golf uh, with my friends uh, than I had in the past, which is a wonderful thing. I've got a cabin up in northern Minnesota that I enjoy as well, and I needed that competitive uh, push in the wintertime, so uh, indeed uh, curling has become part of my life there too. Uh, I thought for sure as I started curling, it would be my path to an Olympian to join the Olympics, but as I've noticed after that, it, it looks a lot easier than it actually is, and so um, so I think I'll be happy just to have the, uh, the competitiveness here at a, a local level. Uh, but the funny thing is, and we've heard this from many other people, is that you just seem busier than you've ever been, right? And, and as I retired, I, I seem to find different ways to get involved. Uh, some of you may know I have a child with a disability, so I'm very, very active in his life and in getting him all the support he needs. But more importantly, I've recently got um, brought onto a board of a nonprofit company that helps people with disabilities find employment. And we really believe that Anybody can work and everyone should have the opportunity to work regardless of their talents and skills. And there always is a place for them to work if you match up those talents with the opportunities. So that keeps me busy as well. So I'm quite, uh, quite happy in uh, where the direction things are going and uh, just appreciating life. Thank you more so much, Kevin, for joining us uh, today. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for sharing everything. And I'm glad to hear that you're bringing some of those same values that you you shared at uh, at HP into your into your work and and the rest of your life now so thanks again and uh, we look forward to the next chat very good thank you Dave thanks for listening Larpenter life is produced by well me Dave Carey which is why it sounds so unprofessional I'd love to thank our sponsors right now but I don't have any. <laughs> so please let me know what you think of this. Let me know also what other former employees you'd like to hear from on this podcast. And also when you yourself would like to be my guest. Until next time, take care, everybody. <laughs>